0: Hi, I'm Josh van Buerkle. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. Amen. Amen. Hey, well, why don't you grab a seat if you're standing this morning. If you're already sitting down or if you have been watching worship from bed, then let's just take a moment to ask for your forgiveness. And you can repent for not being as good a Christian as that. No, I'm just joking. You're, t- you're totally fine. Hey, welcome to Activate Online. It's so great to see you this morning. A special welcome if you call Activate Christchurch home. We miss you guys. Can't wait to hang out with you again soon. Uh, if you're a guest with us this morning and you're just checking us out online, then you're welcome to hang out for as long as you like. Uh, you might want to check out our previous uh, four messages, they're on our website. You just go to the podcast page, then you can catch up because this morning we are into week number five of a 10-week series on the Ten Commandments. So, very quick recap. Week number one was no other gods besides God. That's a pretty big one. Week number two was no idols, which in our modern day context means nothing that distracts us from God or pulls our focus away from God or becomes a bigger focal point in our life than God. And so in the light of that, I just wanted to to pause for a moment and just press very gently, with a smile on my face, just press very gently on something that, that I've observed in the last week. And I did feel a stirring in my spirit to speak to this today. And that is that I have become aware, as I'm sure everybody on social media has, that there are a, a wide variety of thoughts and opinions and theories On the origins of the coronavirus and on the role that various technological rollouts might have played in the spread of it uh, and in agendas or hidden agendas, both politically and industrially, whether it's locally or globally. And, And I know that I've talked with some of you about it and I've enjoyed our conversations. And I am, listen, we're all adults. And we all have intelligence and wisdom, and I am all for people doing research and, and getting to the bottom of things and, and stuff like that. That's totally fine. But I just felt a check today as I was walking down the road outside of my house to just say, hey, be careful. And I felt to say that any time anything pulls our attention away from God, pulls our focus away from God, I don't believe that that thing is from God. When we find ourselves walking down a path or heading down a direction that God is not going down, then I think it's fair to say that that path is not what God has for you at this time. And this is a comment that is... Independent from uh, the validity of what we're looking at or what you may be looking at, I'm not passing comment on whether that's right or wrong or whether whether it's worth looking at or not worth looking at. I'm just saying that anytime anything pulls our focus or attention away from God, I don't think that's a healthy thing. And only you will know how much emotional energy and how much time you're spending on blogs and forums and talking with other people about this and about that. But if your head hits the pillow at the end of the day, and you've spent more time uh, researching and writing and reading and talking to people about different theories than you've spent in the presence of the King of Kings, who is truth, then that's when I think you probably need to step back and go, okay, I need to just dial this back a little bit. And you know, I have a conviction, the more I pray about it, the more I think about it, that we have an opportunity here as the church in the world to, to really rest in God and come out of the season stronger than we have ever been before. I think that we have an opportunity that is unprecedented historically. Uh, and if it's not a global lockdown, it certainly is in the Western Hemisphere. And the Western world has traditionally been you know, far more focused on activity and productivity and far more driven than perhaps different parts of the Eastern world. Uh, and so in the Western world, we have this opportunity where the whole world has just stopped spinning almost, and we have a chance to breathe and to rest, and this might not apply to you if you're involved in essential services, you're awesome, by the way, keep doing what you're doing, but for the vast majority of us, we're certainly working either less hours or not at all. And it's going to be like this for a month or so at the minimum, maybe longer. And I feel like God is saying, hey, this is a chance for you to push into me like you've never pushed in before. You You have got so much time on your hands. It is a chance for you to put your roots down deep so that when we come out of the season, you are stronger than you have ever been before. And I think it would be a real shame, a tragedy almost, to come out of the season and to look back and say, I missed that opportunity because I was too busy on Google. Or let's just spread it around on Netflix or on video games or whatever it is that might be taking up our time. You know, an idol is anything that is taking our focus and our attention away from God. And so I just wanted to say, hey, by all means, look at what you want to look at and study what you want to study. But remember that God has to come first and he has to be our source of truth first and foremost. Okay, we'll move on. Went on a bit of a preachy rant, but it's okay. I feel good about it. Commandment number three was, Do not take the Lord your God's name in vain. And then we had commandment number four last Sunday, which was to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And so that brings us this morning to commandment number five. So if you open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20, you should have a bookmark in it because we've been camped on this for over a month now. And we're going to pick it up in Exodus chapter 20. Let me grab my Bible. Verse 12. I don't have a bookmark in it. Just opened up the Chronicles. That's brilliant. <sighs> Joshua. All right. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. It says, Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, in the context of this verse, the land that's being referred to here is the promised land. It's the land that the Israelites are being led into by Moses through the Spirit of God. And to the Israelites, this land represents all of God's goodness. It represents his plans for their life. It represents his promises, his protection, his provision. So if we were to modernize that just a little bit, it might say something like to us in 2020, hey, honor your father and honor your mother so that you've got the best chance for God's plans to outwork in your life, that you've got the best chance to spend as much time as possible in his presence, you know, under his provision, under his protection, all of God's God's promises all of his goodness is wrapped up you know over here and your best chance to insert yourself into that space is to honor your father and honor your mother. Now that's a weird Bible verse and what's strange about it is that it's the only Bible verse or the only commandment rather out of the ten commandments that comes with a carrot attached to the end of it with an incentive to actually obey the commandment. It's almost as if God looked at it and went Yeah I don't think anyone's gonna do this Jesus, Holy Spirit, I don't I don't think people are going to do this. We need to sweeten the deal a little bit. You know, we need to, I mean, let's be honest. God is literally bribing us to obey this commandment. And none of the other commandments have that. Do not murder, full stop. It's the very next verse. Do not murder, full stop. That's it. No explanation. Do not commit adultery, period. I mean, do not have any other gods except God. End of story. I mean, we get a little bit... Oh, an explanation with the Sabbath. God says, hey, remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. I made the world in six days. Then I took a rest. You know, we read that. We go, "Ah, okay. Yeah, kind of makes sense. God did it. We should do it too. But this one, just straight out bribery, man. It's just straight out bribery. So when you read it, you go, okay, that's not something that I would normally do. You don't have to bribe people to do things that they would do anyway. I don't have to promise my kids dessert to eat pizza. I have to promise my kids dessert to eat vegetables, right? Because they don't want to do that. So you read this, you go, okay, here's a clue. God knows that this is something that we would not do naturally. This is not something that we would necessarily think about naturally. So he's put this promise at the end. Paul says it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. He says, it's the first commandment with a promise, right? So here's the interesting thing. Why would God put this in the top 10? We talked about this last week. Like, God wrote the Ten Commandments with His finger. These are big deal commandments. Why is this one in there? Now, I'm very fortunate that I come from from a good family. My parents were good parents. Um, My dad passed away when I was 17, but he was a good dad. Not a perfect dad, just in the same way that I'm not a perfect dad, but he was a good dad. Mum's still alive. In fact, she's watching right now, so uh, I'll just say that mum is perfect and leave it at that. Uh, So... That's my story, but I understand that that's not everybody's story. And you might be watching this morning and you might be thinking, well, that's great for you, Josh, but you don't know my story. Uh, And I don't understand how the Bible can tell me that I need to honor my father or my mother when this is how my childhood looks like. I mean, maybe you you weren't treated well at all. Maybe you were mistreated. Maybe there was abuse in your family. And so that makes things very difficult. And so you might say, how can I just pretend that none of that stuff happened? And so I just want to be very clear before we look at what honor is to just make sure that I clarify for all of us what honor is not. First of all, the Hebrew word for honor in this Bible verse is the Hebrew word kabad. And it literally means heaviness or weightiness. It means to give weight to something. The picture that sort of comes to mind first and foremost is the old school scales, you know, with the two buckets on each side and you put weight in one and it goes down. The other one goes up and you sort of even out. It means to to have a balanced view and a balanced approach. And so three things that honor is not, just before we move on. Number one, honor is not pretending that things were great when they weren't. That's not honorable. Just pretending that bad things didn't happen, if you had bad things happen, that's not honorable. That's not what that word honor means. It means to give equal, you know, equal weight to each thing. You recognize the positives and you recognize the negatives. And if the negatives far outweigh the positives, then you just have to be honest about that. The second thing that honor is not, is it's not pretending that things were right when they were wrong. And you see this you know, in families sometimes. They just tolerate bad behavior and they just say, oh, that's just the way we are. That's just the way dad is. If you notice, nobody ever says that about positive behavior. No one ever goes, oh, he's just so generous. That's just the way, just the way I am. I know i shall just super generous. We use it as an excuse nine times out of 10 to uh, make excuses for bad behavior and to make it sound like it's just kind of expected. You see it in churches sometimes even. You have the, the culture of honor that gets talked about a lot in church and I'm all for the culture of honor. You know, I think honor is a fantastic thing, but you can't have a culture of honor without a culture of honesty. And so sometimes, you know, churches and pastors and leaders get caught up in this thing where you can't say anything bad about us because that's dishonoring. Well, that's just rubbish. I mean, if you do it biblically and you come to someone and say, hey, look, I think you've made a mistake here. I think you got this totally wrong. That's honorable. That is the honorable way to do it. Just pretending that nothing happened. It's not the culture of honor. It's the culture of stupid. And then the third thing that honor is not, is honor is not having no boundaries. And so maybe you're someone that had you know, a bad childhood, but you've grown up and things are still pretty dicey. Maybe your dad or your mum is someone that is not safe to be around for either physical or emotional reasons. And so you have to put boundaries in place. Honor is not having no boundaries. You can treat people with honor. You can treat people with respect and with dignity and still have boundaries around your life that they're not allowed to penetrate. And that's totally fine too. So those are the three things that honor is not. And I just wanted to be clear about that before you push on. But that then begs the question, doesn't it? Well, what is honor? What is the Bible talking about in this Bible verse? And I'm glad you asked, because this was a bit of a revelation for me this week as I researched this. And that was that the, the Hebrew people, the Jewish culture, places far more emphasis, when it comes to honor, far more emphasis on future generations and how you interact and relate to people uh, around you or underneath you than it does to how you interact or relate to previous generations. So when we read this Bible verse in English and with our our Western thinking and the way that we view the world and we see honor your father and mother we automatically default to i got to say nice things about my parents I have to treat them well, I have to say yes sir and no ma'am and all that kind of stuff and obey what they tell me to do And, and that's kind of where we go to first and foremost but that's not where the Jewish people go when they read a verse like that. When a Hebrew person reads honor your father and mother they understand that in their culture what that means is that you live your Life in such a way that it honors your parents, or to put it another way, your life should make your parents look good. And we kind we understand what this means, right? If you see a bratty kid running around, being a nuisance and unkind and bullying people, you you can't help but think, "Gee, what's the deal with their parents?" And conversely, if you see a kid running around and they're kind and caring and considerate and thoughtful and polite and they call you Mr. Van Burkle and they wait for other kids to get the food before they budge in and all that kind of stuff, you know but that kid's got good parents. Like So we understand that as kids, the way we act reflects on our parents, but that never changes. And so what the Bible is saying here is that you need to choose how you want to live your life. Do you want to live your life in a way that makes your parents look bad? Or do you want to live your life in a way that makes your parents look good? Now, here's the thing. It doesn't say anywhere in there, honour your father if he deserves it. Honour your mum if she's an honourable person. If your mother and your father are worthy of honouring, then you honour them, and if they're not, you don't. It doesn't even mention that. Why? Because that's not the point. It's, it's almost irrelevant. Whether your parents were good or bad doesn't change the fact that you choose how to live your life. Whether your parents were godly or ungodly doesn't change the fact that you choose whether to be a godly person or an ungodly person. Whether your dad was a good dad or a bad dad doesn't change the fact that you choose whether to be a good dad or a bad dad. So when we read that Bible verse and it says, honor your father and your mother, that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. What it's actually saying is you choose how you want to live your life. Don't worry about whether your parents are worth honoring or were honorable people who are good parents or whatever it might be. You choose now how you want to live your life. And if you make the choice to live your life in such a way that one of the byproducts, one of the results is that people look at you and without even knowing your parents, have a high opinion of your parents, that you are honoring them that way. If that's how you choose to live your life, then you better believe that there's a lot of good stuff that God has for you in store because of the decisions that you're making. It's not about how we relate to our parents, how we treat our parents. It's about how people see us and the legacy that we are leaving. Um, I'll finish with this, but just to give you an illustration. My dad passed away when I was 17, like I said. I can't honor my dad interactively. I can't sit down with him and be like, oh dad, you're such a great dad, and when he tells me to do stuff, say, yes dad, I'll do it. He's not here anymore. So how do I honor my father now that he's not here? I honor him by the way that I live my life. And even though you've never met my dad, I'd like to think that you probably have a semi-decent opinion of him based on how I live my life and how you see me parenting my kids and how you see me treating my wife and how you see me pastoring the church. And that's what this Bible verse is talking about. It's, it's almost weird to say, but it's not necessarily about honoring your parents in the way that we think it is. It's about choosing how to live your life, recognizing that if you make the right choice, your parents are going to come out looking good. Whether they deserve to look good or not is not the point. So let me wrap it up like this. The fifth commandment is about choosing how you want to live your life. And that's why there's a promise attached to it, which is that if you choose to live your life the way that God wants you to live your life, if you make good decisions, godly decisions, then you will find yourself in a space where life is going well, where God is providing for you and protecting you because you have made the right decisions. And yes, one of those One of the byproducts will be that you are honoring your parents through the way that you do things. Whether they care, whether they understand it, whether they agree with what you're doing, it doesn't matter. When other people look at you, they will have a higher opinion of your parents because of how you're choosing to live your life. And the Israelites understood that that's what that verse was saying because it was written in their culture. So I hope that makes sense. That's pretty much the end of this morning. Let me pray for you and then we'll send you on your way. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everybody that watched uh, the message this morning and worshiped you this morning. And so, Father, we just commit this week into your hands and we pray, God, that you would speak to each and every one of us. Lord, that you would impart wisdom to us and discernment as there's a lot of stuff you know, spinning around in the atmosphere and on social media. Lord, I pray that you would give each and every one of us the ability to discern what is from you and what is not from you. Lord, the ability to discern when to pick something up and when to lay it down. And God, I pray for every single person watching, for their relationship with you. Lord, if they know you already, I pray, God, that you would take them deeper and deeper and deeper. And if they don't know you, Lord, I pray that they would encounter you this week. And so right now, if you're just watching this morning and you don't know Jesus and you just happen to tune in and you think that was a flippin' weird thing to watch, I just want to let you know that God loves you, that He is desperate to spend time with you, and you don't have to do anything overly fancy this week. Just ask Him to reveal Himself to you, and I believe that He will. I believe that there will be things that happen in your world this week that you might consider to be coincidences, but they're not. It's God trying to get your attention. All right, everybody, God bless. Have a great week, and we'll catch up with you next Sunday.